Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani, along with my wishes she had baby boomer wisdom daughter and co-host, Lauren Simonian, welcoming you to another session of self-coaching where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Hello, wishes, wishes she had baby boomer wisdom daughter. What an interesting title. Hello. <laughs> I think that you wish that I wish I had baby boomer wisdom. <laughs> Well, I, I always introduce you as my millennial daughter, but I just thought I'd shake it up a little. And yeah. after last week's podcast, we, we both determined that there's profound wisdom inherent in the baby boomer upbringing. Or was, that, or was that a unilateral conclusion? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a proud millennial over here. <laughs> well, I, let me start out since... Since uh, what kind of day is it for you? Are you having a good day? Yeah, I'm okay. having a good day. Because that's kind of what we're talking about today. And I'm, I'm going to start us off with our traditional uh, launching song. And uh, it's called The Sunny Side of the Street. Let's take a listen, okay? All right. Grab your coat, get your hat, leave your worries on the doorstep. Just direct your feet to the sunny side of the street. There's the song. Now, let me just read the lyrics because then I want to lead you into this. Mm -hmm. So grab your coat and get your hat. Leave your worry on the doorstep. Just direct your feet to the sunny side of the street. Mm. What's, what side are you on today? Shadow or sunny? I always like to choose to be on the sunny side. I'd say that I'm there today. Well, that's good. I, I, I'm kind of I'm leaning toward the sunny side. So maybe you could drag me over there with this podcast. Nobody can pull you to the sunny side. You've got to get there yourself. Let, let's face it. If, if you wake up one morning and, and you, you go to your mailbox and you find out you've just won the Nobel Peace Prize, and you go on the internet and you just find out that your new your new mystery novel is number one on the New York Times bestseller list. And you go outside and you find a four-leaf clover and the sun is shining and the birds are chirping. It's easy to have a good day when all of that's happening, right? Mm -hmm. But what about when you don't win the Nobel Prize, your novel gets rejected, it's raining and pouring outside, you've got a toothache. That's a pretty hard day to have a great day. I mean, don't you don't you agree that sometimes it's harder to have a great day than other times? Yes, I would agree. Although I think that a day unfolds with many moments. And so often what happens in the morning, like you're suggesting, a lot of people allow that to determine the rest of their entire day. Uh, so I think that we have to sort of realize that we can start over at any moment. The day is mm -hmm. always unfolding. You know, that's a good point, because 
sometimes it, we start off in a great mood and we wind up in a bad mood and vice versa. So, so there is a fluctuation. So maybe we shouldn't be talking about having a great day, but I, I like what you're saying. Maybe we should focus more on having great moments. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I, there is something to be said too for momentum because a lot of times when things don't go the way you had hoped right from the get-go, right from the morning, the momentum builds in a way that's negative. And so it is hard to get out of that, you know, that spiraling downward momentum. And yet the opposite is true too. When you start your day off on a on a good foot, it tends to be easier to stay at a higher vibration throughout the day. And they say that like when you're sleeping, uh, you actually reset your mind and your vibration. And so you're ready for a brand new day. And the best suggestion I could give to, to anyone would be to figure out a way in the morning to just kind of tune your vibration to a positive attitude and a positive feeling and frequency so that that can carry through your day. And some ways to do that are just to sort of get your mind set in the right way, which means right from the moment you wake up, maybe you listen to some sort of like motivational, they have like five minute motivational speeches on YouTube. You can listen while you're getting ready or maybe- Or, or you, our, our podcast. Or our podcast, perhaps. <laughs> you could do like a meditation or even count things that you're grateful for. That's a good way to start the day. And also one thing I like to do is create like different playlists that have- songs that make me feel motivated for the day so like like the sunny side of the street yeah i'll have to add that one on for sure you know a while back you you always started you know introducing quotes to our podcast so i you know during the week prior to our podcast i'm always looking for a quote to to compete with you on the uh, who, who has the most quotes Mm -hmm. uh, available. And I have found one by Joseph Campbell. Joseph Campbell is probably one of my favorite authors. He, uh, he was a mythologist. And if anyone has never read Joseph Campbell, it's, it's absolutely worthwhile. And he shows the collective connection of all things in all cultures and all religions. He was a very prolific writer and uh, brings the whole universe together, and that shows how we are all connected. But Joseph Campbell had a quote that, that I found most intriguing. And he said, we must be willing to relinquish the life we've planned so as to have the life that is waiting for us. Mm. You want to get, take a stab at that? Sure. Uh, I think that when we Overplan our existence, we are projecting expectations into the world, and it kind of uh, doesn't allow us to live in the moment and experience things as they are. Instead, we're experiencing them as we wish they would be or we expect mm -hmm. them to be. We wind up missing out on what really is. Yeah, I guess I guess I, I see it the same way. So I, I really like that quite a bit because it says that there is that. You know, just get out of your own way. Try to just calm down those thoughts. Try to let those thoughts, those happy thoughts, those those thoughts, those fulfilling thoughts find you. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Overthinking. That's a big problem we have. We think too much. Don't, don't you see where just thinking itself can, can be a detriment to uh, releasing that potential for having that great day? 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. Overthinking, over planning. Definitely. It, it just, it takes you out of the present moment and it makes life much less spontaneous. And I think most real joy is found in, you know, experiencing life as it arises in the present moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think it's, I think it's, you know, we're programmed to think, obviously, and that's, that's what separated us from, uh, you know, our, our ancestral uh, species, and the cerebral cortex developed, and we became less of an instinctual being and more of the homo sapiens that we are today. We are thinking humans, and, and that part of our brain, the brain that thinks, is what really allowed us to thrive on this planet. So we are, you know, we are made, we are programmed to be thinkers. But, you know, to survive, that that makes a lot of sense. And we have to accept the fact that, you know, you can't, you can't just turn off a switch and, and eliminate the thinking. But as you say, week after week, uh, we, we do have to practice being more present, you know, toning down some of that overthinking. And and kind of just what would you, what would you call it when we when you meditate or, or when you do your your relaxation? What specifically are you doing to the thinking process that's going on in your mind? Mm, you're trying. Well, you're trying to release it. That's kind of the goal is to find, you know, in a 15 minute meditation, the goal is to have maybe 10 seconds of no thought. Uh, so you just clearing space to allow for. Pre presence to enter mm -hmm. what, um, what does no thought feel like i mean try to try to if someone has never meditated you, you know saying no thought i mean that's that sounds like you know really quite a, a tall order what, what does that mean to you when you have those 10 seconds of no thought i would just say release and peace are the sensations it's hard to describe, obviously, because we're thinking about it from a thinking about from no a conscious thought. thought. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, it just feels like uh, release and and sometimes no thought doesn't have to be the goal. Sometimes just one thought, like some sort of anchor thought. You know, mm -hmm. thinking about your breathing or or noticing the sensations in your body or just even noticing your surroundings. If you can isolate your brain to have just one thought at a time, that's considered meditative as well, because our brain is typically managing many thoughts at once, and it's hard to, it's hard to limit that. One thought at, I'm, I'm thinking one thought at a time, doing good, right? Uh, yes, 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 you're really slowing down your thoughts over there. But you know what you said about the anchor thought? That's really that's really quite helpful because, as far as I know, and the only kind of meditation I've ever done has always been breath focused meditation, traditional meditation. You focus on the breath, so an, an intruding thought comes in, and you try not to attach to it, and you come back to your breath. So the the anchor thought or the anchor perception, I think, is very very important because basically. We're interrupting the normal flow of ruminative thinking, and and we're just kind of going to that one sensation, you know, the breath in and the breath out, and all other thoughts. We're trying our best not to attach to them. Do you do that kind of meditation, or do you do something differently? Yeah, I do that as well. There's there's one mantra meditation. Well, it's not a real mantra, but uh, it's a 
meditation where you actually attach words to the breath that helps me, especially if I'm trying to fall asleep. And when you feel your breath coming in, you allow yourself to say the word let. And as you exhale, you say go. So it's just this repetitive let go, let go. And it, it actually can coerce your thoughts to sort of just let go. And, and within time you won't need the, you can drop the mantra and just use the breath. But for anyone who struggles with, with, you know, attaching just to the breathing, you can add in the words because your mind does feel comforted by and giving it something to do. So if your mind has a job to do, it's more likely to relax. It's really difficult to ask yourself to find no thought when you're not used to it. That's yeah, I like that a lot. I, you know, sometimes our mind craves the stimulation, and that little bit of stimulation, you know, the let go thing. That, that to me, that's very appealing. I like that very, very much. Mm. You know, and I think I think that you know, basically, uh, all our thinking, that thing that pulls us away from the uh, meditative moment, we live our lives in the abstract. You know, it's almost like you're always touting being present and let go, let go. But if you think about it, most of our lives are lived abstractly. We're thinking about the moments that are ahead of us in the afternoon or what happened in the morning or the bills we have to do. So we're creating all these universes, all these other moments that really aren't in front of us. And and you've been, I think, very instrumental in, in trying to point out that every once in a while, we have to kind of step out of that tendency, that mm-hmm. very normal tendency. Yeah, I, I think also, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but when I go away on vacation for a long time, and then come back to my normal life, it feels new again. There, It's the same routines in the same places that I've known forever, but somehow there's this fresh look of it, and everything feels slightly new because of the break that was had. And so there's also a Zen practice that encourages people to try and, you know, when you wake up in the morning to set the intention to see everything as if it were the first time you were seeing it and to experience each part of your day as if it were the first time. And there's something in looking at your life from a fresh perspective, if possible, that can shake up what feels like a mundane routine because basically the the intention is to be present in every part of your day and not to miss anything just because it's become so rote in your daily grind there's that and then the other thing you can do also i've done this before is you for one day or even one hour of your day you imagine that everyone around you is your teacher like everyone knows something that you don't know yet. And so that forces you into the present moment as well, because the idea is to truly listen when people are talking and try to learn something from them, try to learn some sort of lesson for yourself from each person. And and you do that as like a challenge every once in a while. And it really does root you into the present moment. Yeah, I can see where it makes you a better listener. I like that. You mentioned perspective. Did you ever see the movie Dead Poet Society with Robin Williams? Yes, yes. I love the scene where Robin Williams gets up on the teacher's desk and he tells all the students to get up on their desks. And now they're all standing 
high up in the air on their desks, looking down, and he, he's instructing them to look at now this classroom, this mundane classroom that always had the same flavor, the same feeling, and and now look at it from a different view, and how different everything looks from a different perspective. I was I always liked that. I think that was a great technique for, as you say, you know, waking up each morning and getting that fresh start on things by seeing things as if they are brand new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they say that when people do go to new places, like when you travel somewhere, uh, more likely you are highly present in those new environments because you're taking in a lot of new stimulus. So you have to be aware of your surroundings. And often there's like an excitement in just taking in everything that's that's new. And so the, the practice is to like, think about that for yourself. What is it like when you're in a new environment? And then to be able to bring that same level of attention into your daily life. And also when you're on vacation, let's not forget that you leave most of those worry thoughts and all that congestion behind. And we give ourselves, we give ourselves kind of permission to open our eyes a little bit wider and just be Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why vacations is so vital to our our health and well-being is because it really it really does give us a chance to get a fresh breath in life, you know, mentally. Yes, definitely, which is another part of the prescription I think is to notice in your day if you can actually schedule some unscheduled time because I think often in, on vacation we have all of this free time to just decide what feels good to do and you just sort of follow your whims you know you know what I always say let's let's practice being more responsive to life rather than proactive and the reason I say that you know because we we tend to think of being proactive as such a positive thing and and of course it's good to be proactive if you're driving your car on icy roads and you, you want to anticipate things or you're boarding up your windows because of an advancing hurricane and that's you know, that's the good part of proactive, but but it's not good when you're worrying about future events. You know, you're trying to be proactive about the what ifs. You know, what if I don't get that job? What if he leaves me? What if she divorces me? That's that kind of proactive thinking is is really just going to do one thing, and that's to create for us having a bad day. I think it's really critically important to be as I say, responsive to life. Let let ourselves react to what's going on moment to moment. That's another discipline. It's very hard to do in any kind of long stretch of time, of course. But moment to moment, the more we practice just reacting and being responsive to what takes place, the more likely we are to be more instinctual, more just naturally reflexive and handle ourselves quite well. People are afraid to trust that they have the tools, the natural instincts, that survival mentality that we can just let go of all those worrisome thoughts and and just be responsive to what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I also, in that same vein, like the idea of every once in a while deciding for yourself that you're going to have a yes day. And so your intention is that every time something comes up, or there's any sort of opportunity, you commit to yourself to say yes to it. And so I, a lot of us are programmed to sort of shut down opportunities or new things. And so in this sort of day, you literally say yes to every invitation, to every uh, opportunity, and you just sort of see where it all takes you. And obviously, 
don't do that all the time, but it's fun to play around with that idea of like, what if today I didn't shut down any opportunity? I just was open to see what unfolds when I go into the world with a yes mentality. Okay, so are we in the present moment right now? Well, we're always in the present moment. <laughs> Whether or not you're attending to it is your choice. I guess we are. I mean, we're doing kind of a banter back and forth. And I guess we can't, I mean, I can't predict what you're going to say next, nor can you predict what I'm going to say. So so it forces us to be kind of present, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being responsive means just like what you and I are doing right now. You say something, I listen, and I respond back, and it goes back and forth. It's kind of like ping pong, you know, it's just ping ponging through life. I like that. Yeah, I like that too. You mentioned earlier control. Boy, to me, all of my writings on self-coaching have to do with trying to control life. And, and we control, by trying to control, I'm talking over control life. That's you know, that worrisome, pessimistic, neurotic attitude. So when we try to control, what we're doing is we're we're trying to, you know, just handle life more intellectually rather than responsively. And it causes stress. And stress is what depletes us and creates problems and struggles and anxieties and ultimately depression because stress changes chemistry. So we create our own imbalances. So the more we try to control life, the more likely it is that we're going to introduce stress. It's like, you know, a juggle. We're trying to juggle everything and we want everything to work out and we're thinking and thinking and we're squeezing and squeezing and, and our minds are just becoming fatigued. So we stress ourselves. But but the, the more natural way, if we are able to risk trusting and believing in ourselves and I know there's an implied risk there because you're, well, what if, what if I can't handle what's coming around the corner? But the more you, you learn to risk believing in yourself, then you go against that inclination to, to distrust, that inclination to try to over-control life. And you really open yourself up to a life without that much stress, if any stress at all. Because stress comes from trying to squeeze ourselves into a position where we we are telling ourselves that we have to know what's coming, we have to be ready, we have to be braced, and it's even stressful just talking about it. I'm I'm getting stressed, Lauren. <laughs> yeah, stress is stress is the antithesis of of presence because when you're stressed, you believe that you should be anywhere other than where you are right now. That something should be happening that's not happening. So it's it's counter intuitive to the practice of presence that's very good that, that 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 needs to be restated that when you want to be anywhere but where you are in the present and, and that's that's what i was saying before that you know sometimes you know we we are living in the abstractions in our mind and not being where we are so sometimes you know who wants to be in a difficult situation obviously you know there are negatives and sometimes in spite of your best intentions, uh, circumstances can can really, you know, kind of pound us into really struggling to have a decent day, maybe just a neutral day. So not every day can be a great day. But as you said, you know, in our introduction, you know, it's it's moment to moment. So if we if we kind of narrow our focus a bit and we we tend to work on, you know, not being too greedy, especially when we have tough circumstances. Uh, and whatever those circumstances may be, if if it's a day filled with challenges, 
difficult challenges, there are probably, if you if you are honest with yourself, moments within that day where maybe you could step apart from those challenges and do a bit of meditative separation. Yeah, what what, what kind of techniques might you use? Let's say you you have you're having some stressors in your life. And, and it's one of those days, you know, it's a cloudy day and you've got some, some difficult things going on around you. What do you do with difficult circumstances? Well, I think the practice of gratitude is always a go-to for me because regardless of the stressors, there's always things in life that are blessings. And so you can kind of focus your attention a bit on those as well to balance out the other frustrations. Uh, and and I do believe that where you put your attention, more energy flows in that direction. So you can kind of shift a little bit of the energy and the attention away from the negative towards the sunny side of the street. So that's one practice that I use. I do find for me, meditation or or relaxation techniques help because it, like you said, it can break up the thought process that typically will spiral when you're experiencing difficult circumstances. A lot of times our brain wants to just glom on to that stressor and figure out all the reasons why it's, you know, not working the way it should. And um, that's like our, our brain just kind of loves, you know, protecting us. So it gets stuck on those things. So it's mm. good to sort of break the, break the pattern and, and be aware of your self-talk. And then for me, connection with other people is really helpful. Yeah. Having a good day, having a great day is, is a tremendous goal. It's just not always obtainable. Sometimes inexplicably, we find ourselves in moods and sometimes a dour mood or in a, just a, an anxious mood. It's like we're swimming against a current when that happens. And it's, it's hard to shake a mood. One thing that's important with, with being caught up in a mood I think is to is to you know not flail about. It's like a, a rip current. You know that's when in, in the ocean you have this undercurrent that could take you out into the sea. And if you if you struggle and try to swim back through the rip current, you'll exhaust yourself and drown. So you have to wait until it lets you go, and then you can gently and and easily swim back to shore. So what happens when you're in a mood if you struggle? You know, if you thrash about and and you just grumble and moan and complain and all that kind of stuff, you're only going to exacerbate the mood. What's important is to ride it out, uh, get to the other side. So even on a day where there's a, a foul mood, I suggest that you you yield rather than resist, recognizing that moods are time limited as opposed to depressions or, or clinical anxieties. These things are not time limited, but with moods, they are time limited. So if you happen to be in a mood, of course, don't give up on your day. Don't start flailing about exhausting yourself with stress, but ride out that mood until it tends to dissipate. And when it does, you know, don't cling to it by going back over the thoughts that put you into that mood, but just gently come back to shore, reground yourself, and again, you might try some of these meditative techniques that Lauren recommends. What was it? Let go? Let go. I also was thinking too that, you know, we can't have we can't have a dream day every day, but we can sort of do the exercise where we kind of write down what our ideal day would be like. And even though 
we might not be able to spend the day on the beach drinking margaritas with our friends, we can kind of dissect our ideal dream day and figure out like, what is it that we can extract from that vision to make a reality in our day to day. So instead of figuring out how to get on a plane and get to the beach, um, maybe in today's day, like I could find a way to find some time for myself to relax the same way it would feel if I were on the beach or to connect with friends or to unplug from electronics or things like that. And so while we can't have the perfect day every day, we can have elements of, of what makes our dream day uh, into a reality, even in even in the mundane days, you can find little moments if you're creative enough to bring in the things that do bring you joy. Yeah, the dream day. You know that I think a lot of people fall prey to the myth that they should be having dream days every day, and and that's just not reality. And I think the person that that kind of beats themselves up because. Uh, they're not having a dream day, and they feel somewhat guilty that they're allowing themselves to, you know, to just let this day slip away and it's not a dream day. You know, I, I think that there needs to be some relativity that it's just not possible. So that's why I think what we're what we're suggesting today is that whenever whenever you find yourself not on the sunny side and not maybe on the on the uh, shadow side of the street but somewhere in the middle of the street you know just just kind of relax a little bit and and don't force it because I, Lauren to me if you think if you think otherwise but you I'm, I'm guess I feel you can't force a dream day am I uh, wrong I, yeah I don't think you can force it especially if you're not in the mood but I think you can be in tune with what brings you joy and do a little more of it. I, I, I do think that people get caught up in trying to, they try too hard almost. It's like, how do I explain? Well, try, um, try a little harder. Yeah, let me try a little harder to explain. <laughs> Come on, Mark, squeeze. <laughs> yeah, you can there, do it. Come on. There's there's something in like the creativity of it, of, of realizing that like you are the creator of your day. So you can figure out if you're not having a good day, what is it that would make your day better? And and if you can't, aside, aside from this podcast, aside from this podcast, correct? Right, right. Yeah, that's that goes without saying. <laughs> um, yeah, and if if you can't have the thing that you want, well, what elements of that thing can you have? So I think it's just knowing that you know we are conscious creators, like we create our life based on the decisions that we make. And, you know, if you're not having a good day, that's okay too. You can just release the guilt and just, you know, almost enjoy not enjoying. Like you don't have to have anything. It, it, it's, it is sort of your choice. So joy, not enduring. That's, that's, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, the opposite of that is, again, I always come back to whether you're yielding or resisting and, enjoying that you're not enjoying is kind of a way of just taking yourself off, you know, from beating yourself up or criticizing yourself as, or as you say, feeling guilty. I guess, I guess it's really kind of critical. I use the word responsive to life. I think it's kind of critical that, that we, we flow through life realizing that, you know, we don't control everything, including our moods, including our day, dream day, sunny side, shadow side. We, we just can't control everything. And I think that's what gets a lot of people in trouble when they get into a control-oriented kind of mindset. 
is that anything less than the dream day is considered a negative and something that that they they feel is is a shortcoming or a, a, a failure on their part do you think yes i agree with that so is is this podcast a dream podcast today <laughs> sure because it's the one that's happening right now <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I go back to the the song the sunny the uh, sunny side of the street and and I think a lot of a lot of life is spent in in the middle of the road or a lot of the day not and I'm not talking about moment to moments but we were talking about trying to recover and salvage moments but by and large maybe statistically speaking most days aren't days where you win the Nobel Prize or you know find a million dollars in in a bucket or something you know. Uh, most days are spent in the middle of the road and 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 i think we can turn toward the sunny side and capture those moments or we can equally turn towards the shadow side so i think i think we are kind of uh, very variable creatures in that mood and and where we find ourselves is is really a result of our leaning so if we're in the middle of the road if you if you have kind of a foundation a positive or optimistic foundation what you can do is lean towards that sunny side. And before you know it, what happens when you lean towards something? Well, eventually you start to go in that direction. So even if you find that most days you're in that middle of the road, that doesn't mean you have to stay in the middle of the road. It does mean you have a choice. So mm-hmm. that's why you know I think it's so important that that we accept our reality. We accept the circumstances of our reality and and we re, and we we recognize that that reality can be bent shaped molded and and that's why i think it's very important that we we feel as as much as we are kind of programmed to the life around us there's still a lot of variability in us to to sculpt out that life that maybe we're missing or want to have not just on vacations yes definitely yeah. So, so Laura, just let me ask you a question quickly. Were you going to say something first? Because then I'll, no, I'll no, save that's my okay. question. Go ahead. With COVID, of course, I know you love vacations. So, you know, you've been really limited as we all have by COVID and, and vacations have been, you know, just something in the rearview mirror. So uh, what's it like? I mean, I, do you do you find ways to give yourself kind of, you know, kind of symbolic vacations in your life? A little bit. I think that um, one of the things that I've done with my husband at home is we'll have random nights that we kind of just um, unplug from electronics. So like neither of us will have our phones out uh, or do anything. I don't believe that. Don't believe it. Well, don't, don't believe the it. Phone, the phone is left in the other room, so <laughs> it's not totally turned off, but it's not within arm's reach. Um, and we'll play like different games that we would normally play on the beach, like backgammon or whatever, you know, whatever we would do if we were away and we didn't have responsibilities. We'll try to do that for a night here and there just to feel that <laughs> release of of uh, normal everyday routine kind of stuff. So that's one thing. I, I yeah, we haven't really had. So you have to be creative. Creative, yeah. But let's you know, let's just briefly talk about you know, as we did earlier, that the essence of a vacation is kind of detaching from the normal mundane, uh, and kind of letting that go. And I think that's you know that that's something that that it, it's not you know it's a leap to get there when you're you're not sitting on a sunny beach or something, 
But to take a vacation, just to let go of those things that are kind of nibbling at us, you know, just gnawing at us like little pesky mosquitoes, and and to just set them all aside and do something, like you say, either play a game or, you know, just what, what else do you do with, uh, with you know, I'm trying to think, you without a phone, that's like uh, uh, me without water or something. That, that doesn't compute in my brain. <laughs> Hey, by the way, I, I know we're just prattling on here, as we often do, in such a such an instructive and constructive way. But do you know what time it is? Is it pep talk time? Well, it is pep talk time. And today's pep talk, walking on the sunny side of the street. So starting today, regardless of what goes on around you, recognize that you... And you alone make the decision as to what kind of a day it will be. You're in charge, so be in charge. Begin by losing the self-doubt. Become courageous enough to let go of your chronic fears and hesitations. And by all means, recognize that negativity, pessimism, and unhappiness are, believe it or not, habits. Habits that you don't have to indulge. So rather than seeing life as one long dental appointment, <laughs> look, at, look at today as an opportunity to, as the saying goes, leave your worries at the doorstep and insist on getting to the sunny side of the street. Was that a little bit too much of a, a sunny pep talk? No. I think it was great. I just think that you have officially lost all of your dental uh, <laughs> audience members. Well, uh, it is, yeah, and it's so it's so unfair. I know it is, and and I think I think going <laughs> to a dentist mentality, but I think being a dentist, you know, you're providing a valuable and and very important service, and you know that people aren't going to love to come in and see you. There may be one or two, but. But basically, you know, I think it is important that, you know, a dentist is, you, know, you have to be rather courageous because, I mean, if I felt that everybody that walked through my door to see me for, for therapy hated coming to see me for therapy, uh, it would be, it's kind of a burden, I guess. <laughs> Are we talking about dentists? Again? I guess it's a labor of love. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. So I don't, I, I don't know if I could possibly at this point attract dentists to keep listening, but I'll go on trying. <laughs> so so uh so what will you be doing today uh will you be creating sunny moments yeah i sure hope so i haven't uh I, I haven't planned anything so i will have to be spontaneous and let life unfold yeah the aa has a um an expression let go let god and whether you're religious or or even if you want to give it kind of more of a secular connotation it's such a valuable kind of concept, you know, just let go of all the congestion, all that's going on, and and let go to something more than yourself. And, you know, if you are religious, of course, you, you go towards the religious aspect. But in a secular sense, what are you letting go to? And remember before what Joseph Campbell said to the life that is waiting for us, that inner life, if we can let go to that potentiality, you know, the choice that we have is to go on constricting ourselves with the the frenetic thoughts of worry and pressure and stress or we can just 
try to do what you said earlier, no mind somehow, let that kind of let go, let go, and let something in us come forward. And, and I think that natural tendency to, to want to experience things in a pleasant, positive way, I think that's our ten, I think that's our human tendency. I think it gets masked and I think it gets shadowed by other kind of uh, demands. But I think our tendency is to naturally want to be happy. Do you think that's our, our natural inclination? Yes, I do believe that. Yeah. And, and you are one happy person. And of course, I need to mention our, our sponsor today, which will make a lot of people happy, including mm-hmm. parents and their children. And that's your new company. Tell us a little about it. Mm, thanks. Uh, the company is called Self Studios. And Self Studios is a place that offers wellness courses for children and teens. And it's all psychology-based education. We incorporate art and movement and yoga and strategies for coping tools and et cetera, to allow children and teens to sort of learn a little bit about all the stuff that we talk about on this podcast, but in an age-appropriate way so that they have the tools to navigate this ever-changing world that we live in. And especially now with you know, kids have a lot of catching up to do and a lot of mental catching up and yes. self-studios, it's, it's self-studios learning, right? Uh, the website is selfstudioslearning.com. Yes. Yeah. So selfstudioslearning.com. And we owe it to our kids to recognize and not ignore that they need every resource they can possibly get to recapture what's been taken away from them. Thank you, Lauren. Absolutely. And thank you, Self Studios and selfstudioslearning.com. <laughs> so Lauren, I, I'm, I'm going to ask again, just because it's habit at this point, do you have any closing mm-hmm. remarks? I do, actually. You do not. I do. You I do. don't. I, I am quoting Mark Twain for my closing remarks. <laughs> Sorry to tell you. I know you like to like rip on me for being unprepared. So I took a little extra. Yeah, yeah. A little extra time to find my quote. Okay. So Mark Twain says, give every day the chance to become the most beautiful day of your life. Oh, Mark Twain said that? He did. Did not. I think... I heard a lot of I, I people mean, saying that. <laughs> well, I, he was one of them. <laughs> and you know what uh, Will Rogers says? Nope. If you find yourself in a hole, stop digging. Mm. So for once, I have no closing remarks. But I am going to have a great day. And the thing that I, the takeaway that I just want to just comment on is, is what you said about, you know, if you can't have, if you look at it globally, a great day is, is maybe a bridge too far. But one thing I will take to heart, and that's that I can control the moments, though, within a great day. And by goodness gracious, I'll tell you, when, when I find myself kind of slumping a little in the middle of the road, I'm going to take a look at you know, what can I do about improving the moment that I'm living in right now. So thank mm-hmm. you for that, Lauren. You're welcome. That's about it. Uh, so you have, I'm sure, concluded your final and last statements of the day. So I'm going to just end with our website, selfcoaching.net, where you can learn more about our self-coaching philosophy. And while you're there, check out my latest number one best-selling book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression, the four-step self-coaching program to reclaim your life. 
And while you're on the internet, don't forget selfstudioslearning.com. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle is not an option. By definition, victims are powerless. You are not powerless. So remember, everything is hard until you make it simple. So join my wishes. She had a baby boomer wisdom, Lauren. And let's make it simple together. Reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender. There is more than it seems. Hold on and fight. Follow your heart. This is your way. Life is what you make of it. Believe in yourself. Reach out for your dreams.